Hello, this is Wasabi Boat Research, and today we are talking with uh, Poopster, which is uh, probably one of my favorite DeFi uh, avatars. I assume that's not your real name, and uh, Weeb McGee. And we're talking about a super interesting story, a super difficult story, um, but I think it applies to a lot of themes that are going on in crypto DeFi right now, and that is the story of the shared stake uh, rug pull. And to give you a really high overview, shared stake is a protocol that helps users stake their ETH for ETH2. So normally you need 32 ETH to run a validator node to be uh, validating transactions on the new Ethereum blockchain that is going to launch in about a year. And that's a lot of money. That's, you know, 60, 70K these days. So there are these protocols, uh, Lido, shared stake, several others that allow you say you only have two ETH or five ETH or 10 to put them in and they will run this uh, validator node for you and give you some of the rewards that and taking a cut, but give you some of the rewards that come from that. So shared stake is one of these protocols and they gathered about 16,000 ETH into the protocol um, and set it up. And then there was a rug pull, a murky situation that we're going to get into more in detail. And some of the native tokens that they were giving out were basically rugged and went to zero or, or very close to zero, followed by a, a gradual recovery. And so when something like this happens, it's fascinating to jump into the project Discord and see what's going on. And two people that we're talking with, Poopster, and we, McGee, were in the Discord helping out, talking to people, answering questions, trying to talk to the devs one-on-one, -on -one, trying to figure out what's going on, and just trying to uh, create a recovery for, for people in a time of confusion and when they were trying to figure out what happened to their money. So I want to kind of introduce each one of them, and we're just going to go through what happened as best we can tell and what's going to happen with the recovery as best we can tell and what are some lessons learned for users and other DeFi projects uh, going forward. So um, first, uh, let's start with, actually, let's, let's start with me because I had a, a small part in this uh, in this saga. So Shared Stake, a couple months ago, they had a meme competition like many DeFi projects do. And I'd heard about the project. I had a, a couple ETH of my own in there. Um, and I started making memes because I thought it was just a fun project and ended up winning second place in the meme competition. And I got a, a uh, 20 SGT tokens as a reward for that, which today I just checked is worth about 93 cents. So uh, so there we go. There's my disclosure. And um, Poopster, what about you? You are someone who I see in many different discords around the DeFi community. So, so how would you describe your connection to our friends at Shared Stake? Yes. Uh, thanks for um, for having me. And um, so yeah, a lot of people know that uh, I'm basically in, in every DeFi Discord server there is, and uh, I'm big in the farming and, and DeFi community, and I like to try and um, you know uh, help out as much as I can. So uh, I help out in a lot of different Discord servers and um, and work with a lot of different projects, um, you know, on the community side. So. Uh, I, I was um, around when um, when Shared State launched, and as a matter of fact, I had uh, I, I I had a little bit um, invested in the the pool that was on um, Snowswap. So so yeah, um, I've been 
Um, you know, I, I'm not a, a major member of the community or anything. I'm not super active, but uh, I've been around since the project's inception and, and just kind of um, watched how everything's uh, been going. All right, and uh, Weeb McGee, your Twitter avatar, or I think your Discord name, uh, mentions that you're part of the Saddle Finance team. So how uh, how did you find yourself involved in this project? Yeah, uh, first of all, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, as I just said, I'm an engineer at Saddle, and Saddle is a new protocol on the block that hosts um, automatic market makers between pegged assets. And, you know, as we're bootstrapping more liquidity in our protocol, ShareSake reached out to us to host uh, their asset, VEETH2. Um, so we gladly accepted it since they had an audit. Um, and so I've, I've been just trying to keep up with the protocol in case the LPs get affected in some ways, um, trying to give more extended support to LPs who use our protocol and are affected by the ShareStake rug recently. Got it. And so let's just kind of, I like to start these things just to give everyone an overview of the tokens that we're talking about. So let me just go through those and correct me if I, if I say anything wrong. So people start with uh, ETH or, or wrapped ETH, W-E-T-H, and are depositing that into shared stake. And as a reward for that, they are getting, or not a reward, but in exchange for that, they're getting a receipt token that is called VETH2. And that is essentially a a receipt for the ETH that they have put into this uh, staking contract. And that represents uh, Ethereum 2 that is on the beacon chain, which is the new uh, version of ETH, the sh uh, proof of stake version that they are bootstrapping. And that is going to be locked until the new Ethereum blockchain launches, which could be something like a year from now, right? So one advantage of shared stake was that instead of just getting this token and it's locked and you can't do anything with it, that they were going to give you back the ETH2, which you could then use in other places or in yield and in DeFi. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and there are other services like Lido who does other forms. Uh, and then it allows users who have staked ETH in their platform to able to um, use the receipt token and kind of either trade it or lend it um, according to the market value of the token uh, at the time. Yep, and in general, the goal is to have the the price of ETH or wrapped ETH be about the same as VETH too, right? Like there there shouldn't really be a discount, and if there is a discount, maybe that's representing you know some kind of the risk that's additional to to VETH too. Would you say that's a good way to think about it? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and there are other services like Lido who does other forms, uh, and then it allows users who have staked ETH and their platform to able to um, use the receipt token and kind of either trade it or lend it um, according to the market value of the token uh, at the time. Yeah, and but before the, the rug, I think it was something like 0 0.8, 0 0.9 ETH to, to ETH2, right? So you, you could get ETH2 at a little bit of a discount. Yeah, I think uh, currently most, if maybe all of the ETH2 uh, staking tokens they are slightly undervalued uh, compared to ETH. And I assume that's due to kind of uncertainty of how or when the ETH2 merge will happen and how the withdrawal process will work. What are the fees that the protocol will take upon withdrawing? So there's other risks um, on top of ETH. So is is currently being traded a little bit below PEG. Okay, and so then the, the second token is SGT, 
and that is a governance token that the shared stake protocol issued and you could get that by either buying and staking SGT in their app or if you were uh, providing liquidity on shared stake itself, right? Like you could get, you could deposit uh, SGT and VETH to, to, to put that in Uniswap and then you're getting SGT as a reward, right? And then they're using that as a governance token to, to vote on future decisions in the protocol and they're also using it to pay people for their amazing memes and pay the dev salaries and that kind of stuff. Is that right? Yeah, and I also believe um, the profits that come from the future uh, staking will have been uh, redirected to SG SGT holders in some way. Um, and, and that's probably a common model for a lot of staking services like Lido or uh, other protocols as well. All right, so are there any other tokens or kind of basics about the protocol that people need to understand to, to get the story? I think we covered uh, both assets. All right. So now let's talk about the players in this drama. So Poopster, I'm going to throw it over to you. Can you introduce us to the um, the characters that we need to know about um, who are the, the devs and the other kind of people in the in the orbit of shared state? Sure. Yeah. So um, as everybody knows, we've got the two, uh, I guess you would called them malicious devs, uh, known as uh, Kairos and Chimera. And so, um, and, and then you have Ice Bear, who's apparently uh, just the front end dev, right? Um, and wasn't really so much involved in the, in the, the, whole, um, the whole rug itself. Um, and has kind of uh, really, um, helped organize uh, the, the, the effort to return all the, the funds. So, so yeah, so that's, that's the, and then we have several longtime uh, community members who played a, a big role here, um, you know, Oranges and, and some of the other um, community members in the Discord uh, have been very active in, in trying to, uh, to help mediate. And I guess that's what, that's basically where I stepped in, you know, um, in this whole deal. Uh, uh, and and um, I, I don't want to just go straight into the story unless you want me to, but um, um, that's kind of where I got into it as well as, as I wanted to try and help. You know, a lot of people lost a lot of money here or we're going to lose a lot of money or, or may lose a lot of money here. And so um, if, if I could help it, you know, not to happen. I wanted to try and make that effort, and I felt like I could help. So um, that's where I fit into the whole deal. Okay, so you've got Chimera and Kairos, who are the two devs, and it seems like we will learn that they have been having a falling out or having increasing tension as they're developing this. And then you have Ice Bear, um, and then oranges who's more on the i guess he's kind of on the econ side people like DeFi fry who are kind of marketing community members and then you have people like yourself and and weeb who are kind of uh working with kind of affiliated or, or partner protocols or just general members of the community so then we fast forward it's uh june 23 i'm going downstairs to get my coffee and i open up discord and i see a message from fry uh, 
please exit saddle and staking contracts and await further updates. That's never a, a thing you want to see as you're, as you're on, on your Discord for a project that you're in. The team has identified the dev responsible and knows identity. So clearly there's some kind of exploit or rug going on. The market uh, had been tanking for you know a few weeks, like like all all DeFi tokens and ETH and Bitcoin are going down. So when that happens, it's kind of like you know rug season. You kind of start to see protocols who are getting into trouble. You start to see people who are getting liquidated or running into running into problems in general. So this is in the market cycle when these kind of rugs tend to happen a little bit more often. But uh, what? happened what how, how when you were on the discord i think uh poopster you said you were on there that morning too so you're looking at this you're trying to piece together what happened what's going through your head at this time sure yeah so uh, i actually was um alerted a friend woke me up and, and told me what was going on or sent me a, a message ping me and, um so i got up and got to looking around and, and um you know these things uh we see rugs every day now but um, a lot of times it doesn't really hit home until it, it like happens to you or somebody you know or your friends or people that you've you know been in a community with for a while. And so uh, you know immediately I just jumped into the Discord to see what was going on, uh, same as you. Um, and uh, you know it, it took a little while for things to kind of come together. Uh, there there really wasn't a lot of information at first um, until later on. I guess it, it was. Uh, morning time for me by then until uh you know chimera came out and announced that um kairos had pulled the rug and, and um you know there was large amounts of funds that were that were um, outside the multi-sig and and you know and he got uh, apparently um spooked with the recent mark anyway it was a whole he, he came out with this whole i called it a shit show um you know, and, and then they and then they proceeded to sling shit at each other um, for the rest of the day. Um, so you know, this whole thing—it's it, really just—it it really, it's like two devs fighting, and um, and, and it could have all been avoided. But but I feel like I feel like there's a lot more to the story that we don't know that's underlying um, that, that may or may not come out. You know, going forward, if, if this ever gets to, um, you know, a court of law or something of that nature. But um, I, I think there's more, a lot more that's that's underlying this whole thing that we don't really know uh, about that's going on between the two devs. Yeah, so I, I was looking at it and, you know, I'm looking at the, the token prices, like I've the SGT, the governance token had gone from, you know, in the mid dollars to like something like, couple cents or you know four or five six cents and then you see that the ve2 uh, where you could buy it on saddle or or a snow swap had gone down to i don't know four to one something like that against against eth mm -hmm. and one uh they were the, it seemed like on that first day the devs were kairos and chimera were kind of taking turns like you they wouldn't be on the discord at the same time people were saying that they may they may be the same person there were all kinds of crazy uh, theories floating around. So um, we've, when you uh, first heard about the rug, where, where were you and what was like your first reaction, first thoughts when you, when you heard this? Yeah, so um, I was also alerted by a sudden decrease in the, the, the governance token. 
And I usually have um, the governance tokens of the projects that Saddle works with on just like a, um, on my watch in case something happens. And that's usually an indication of a, you know, like a rug or an asset going kind of compromised. Um, and um, this one was quite unusual because usually when there is an exploit like this, there is a central um, communication by the team with a single kind of announcement or a voice that comes out. And it's really, um, it really helps when there is a such announcement like that. But this was triggered by kind of infighting within the team members, which caused the devs and the community members and the volunteers to come out and say all different things and accuse each other. And that, that ensued a chaos in the Discord channel, which buried what actually had happened and people were looking into the on-chain data. Um, so I, had, I wanted to step in and just kind of like straighten things out to link everyone to the um, relevant transactions to tell them what, what had happened in terms of a simple timeline. Um, and yeah, I, I just wanted to come and clarify for the community since it was just too chaotic. Mm -hmm. And so let's let's try to get more specific. Like when, when we're talking about there was a rug that occurred, what was the transaction that actually happened to to cause that token to drop? Or what was the initial on-chain thing that happened? Yeah, so uh, Immunify actually released a really good postmortem in terms of the chronology of what had happened. And the root cause of it is one of the contracts that ShareStake used uh, it to vest the employees tokens. And the contract is actually originally from Badger Finance's repo. Um, and unfortunately, the audit did not catch the possible attack vector. And what, what it happened was that they allowed uh, one of the calls you could make as the owner of the contract to bypass the limit on vesting and instantly withdraw all the tokens that they were supposed to get linearly over whatever years, I, I believe it was two years. And um, yeah, the both devs realized this and they tried to trigger it themselves, which caused um, a lot of confusion in the community. And I guess that led to both rugs rugging, uh, which is selling the, the tokens that they withdrew uh, into the market in order to prevent the others from uh, rugging, which doesn't make sense to me but so at the same time they figure out there's a way that they could each get their two-year salary paid in advance and there are these suspicions between them that are developing and so it's almost like a gunfight in the old west right so like they're trying to be the first to do it before the other one does it is that kind of your understanding uh that is their claim um i'm not really sure what the motive is uh I don't, I mean, I wouldn't really trust the words from uh, these devs, uh, but if you look at the on-chain data, uh, that's what it seems like it happened because the both exploit had happened in pretty much like a tight interval. Um, so that's what I suspect. Happened. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in addition to the Immunify, there's a, each each of the two devs, Kairos and Chimera, have each released their own uh, PDF kind of details of what what happened you know each is trying to make themselves look good and cast aspersions on the other one so you know we'll link to those in the comments i've kind of read them i think we've both all of us have read them a little bit but don't kind of put a lot of stake in them um and i think yeah it's right on to kind of look to what people are doing look at what's happening on chain look to who's uh, communicating with the community who's who's helping who's moving things in the right direction that like 
those are kind of the, the right things to to um, be focusing on in a time like this. So the the governance token has gone to crap. It's like gone to you know the single pennies range. Um, VETH two has gone down quite a bit. You know it's at like three to one, four to one, and poopster you're you're in the discord talking to people and something that that starts happening quite early is the doxing of of both devs and uh it's it's kind of an interesting interesting uh thing to talk about because there are it can kind of cut both ways right people are angry people are doing research people are trying to find who are the devs that are hiding behind these you know pseudonym identities and talking about doing lawsuits and talking about uh, embarrassing these people to their employers and all this kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, there's a need to fix what can be fixed of the, of the protocol. So how do you how do you think about that? How does how does doxing help or not help in situations like these? Well, so you know that's a great point, and um, you know when when the devs started doxing each other. Um, I, I really thought, I thought, man, are we in middle school? What is going on here? Uh, you know, it just turned into, like I said, it turned into a, a just a, a circus. And, uh, but, you know, so I guess you, you make a good point, though, that, that what we could infer, from, or at least what I inferred from it is, all right, both of these devs are now um, public to some degree. Um I think that that helps ensure that the ETH will probably at some point be salvageable. Um, and so like many, uh, you know, and I, and, I, and I didn't advise anybody to do this, of course, but I, I told others that I was doing it and, and um, I was going to start buying it because I felt like that, that, uh, that by buying the, the ETH too, I, I would have access to the underlying ETH um, when it's unlocked. And so, yeah, like, you know, like, um, like you said earlier, I think it got down to uh, an incredible ratio of uh, 10 or 12 to 1, something like that. So there's a great deal to be had there. You know, if you're paying attention, these type of things, a lot of people panic sell um, anytime there's an exploit. And, and, you know, the big brains are looking at that as, as, a, as an opportunity to make profit. And um, there's always, you know, almost always on, on all these exploits, um, there's a dump and then there's a pump, you know, so... I mean, even look at what Titan's doing now. So it, it's just, it's crypto and it's wild and it's crazy. But uh, yeah, you know, there's always an opportunity there. And, and, and so, you know, when you're involved in the communities like we are and um, you're around this kind of stuff, you can you can take advantage of that. But um, but but the doxing itself, yeah, I just think that's going to, I think that pretty much seals the fate of this project. You know, these, like what else are you going to do at this point, right? I mean, seriously, you know, but, Put yourself in, in, in their shoes. Like, what are you going to do? You don't have many options, right? So um, that's the reason I saw uh, things going the way that kind of that they have so far. And, and with the help of people, you know, like the community members that have stepped up and, and, and we've and everybody who's set up the, the multi-sig and everything, um, hopefully it's going to get back to that, you know? Yeah, so it sounds like the doxing was kind of a, a key piece of information in your mind that led you to believe that this would probably be more likely to to resolve than to kind of just get get totally blown up. Yeah, I, I'll tell you how I was thinking about it. So 
I think I had about three ETH in, in there before, and I was looking at the, the price of this too. And I think you and I were chatting and it was like, you know, three or four to one. And I said, you know, what is that? What is that pricing in? You know, like a 25% chance that this is, that this is going to uh, work out. Um, and I thought, you know, that's, I don't know if I really want to want to take that bet. If it gets to 10 to one or 12 to one, then, I, then I'm a buyer. And then, you know, cause then that's, that's pricing in like a 8% or 9% chance that, that the ETH actually goes, goes, uh, is recovered like right so i was thinking you know maybe this is closer to a coin flip so if i'm getting 12 to 1 or 10 to 1 on that like that's kind of a no-brainer right but like the doxing seems to be the kind of key piece of information that that you were focused mm -hmm. on there so let's let's just talk about uh what steps you guys took in the recovery so i i love this poopster you you were in the discord and suddenly i see that you've changed that you're you've changed your name to a mediator <laughs> So you're talking to trying to DM the devs and DM the team members to, to find out what's going on. What can you share about your efforts there uh, in, in on that first and second day? Yeah, well, like I said, you know, when I when I jumped in and really things things were really heading south quick and it looked like the devs were going to abscond and and everybody was running and, and um, the whole thing was going it was on fire, you know, and, and so. Um, I figured, well, I mean, there's no, there's no harm in just trying to talk to them. Right. So, um, I separately messaged each of them and, and said, look, you know, you're in a fucked up situation. I understand that. Um, you know, you need to stop and you should stop and take a look at it, like where you're at right now. Cause shit doesn't look good, you know? And, um, and I think that, that maybe that made both of them kind of realize, um, or hopefully it did. I'm not sure if it led to anything, but um, it, it at least led to some conversation being had. You know, uh, not so much of the name calling and shit throwing. Uh, and, and we started to actually get things moved along. And like I said, we stepped up and, and started. To, you know, we started to get the multi-sig and all that, everything else put into place. There was a lot of people that really that took action. You know, and, and all I did was just try to, to to stop them from burning it down. You know, before these guys just took off and ran. And, and so um, I, I think it may have helped a little bit, but um, in the end, you know, they're they're still here. So um, we're we're at where we're at now, and, and um, uh, that's a good thing that we're still talking about it and still moving on. And Weeb, you were also in the Discord that day, and you're stepping in on the technical side of things. So you're working with a partner who is uh, hosting the, or not hosting, but you're providing a market for the V2 token on your platform. So you're getting involved at, on the technical side from a, a, a affiliated or, or kind of partner uh, DAP. So how how are things looking for you on the technical side? Who are you talking to? What kind of steps were happening in those first couple of days and what, what, what were you trying to achieve when you were talking to the devs there? Yeah, to me, um, path forward was relatively straightforward. Um, being, a, I mean, uh, of course, we're at the mercy of the two devs who had control over uh, some of these contracts and the keys, but the path to decentralize the control and hand over to either a community multisig or a trusted contract was relatively clear, but it seemed to me at the time the community was not organized at all. and there are still new users coming in asking what happened and we gotta like help them catch up what happened and there's also devs like saying all these different things accusing and claiming different things 
So I thought that it's probably the best for someone to jump in, um, set up a community multisig as soon as possible, and of course get the community's approval for the members as well. And yeah, like to me, the path seemed super clear. It's just, we just needed some cooperation from uh, the devs. And what was kind of the first thing that needed to happen? It seemed like things were moving faster on the SGT token in terms of getting the devs to send that back and stand at the multi-sig. What, what's the, the status of the, of the SGT token now? And do you think a lot of people have said that there, will, there needs to be a new token, this SGT is compromised? How do you, how do you feel the technical path for, for SGT going forward? Or does, does shared stake even have a future in terms of going forward as, as a protocol in, on its own? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a great question. And um, as of today, um, I believe Kairos uh, he has sent all the funds that he has taken through the exploit. Um, Kairos has not responded to the request and has gone dark since. And but just to speak in broadly, there are about five big steps that um, the community has to take in order to secure um, everything back to normal. Uh, the first one being getting all the funds back from the devs, uh, getting the funds that were um, extracted from Uniswap and Saddle or Cream or any other AMMs that um, were affected by the exploit. Um, so first step is to secure that funds into a trusted wallet, such as a multisig or um, other contract. And the second step is to transfer all the um, privileges that the dev addresses have to the multisig, such as minting v2, or setting the reward rate for certain LPs. Um, so these sensitive functions that affect um, distribution of SGT or a control of the asset v2, um, once that's uh, transferred to the multisig, then um, at least the governance token itself becomes secure. And the third part is to figure out how to secure the underlying ETH. And I think that's a bigger question, right? Um, 16,000 ETH, about $32 million, that's not pocket change. Um, and that's a great incentive for even from an ETH2 uh, team to help the team secure the underlying ETH. And I believe there are already conversations happening um, regarding how to change the withdrawal key. And if you are able to achieve that, um, we're able to secure that ETH that's underlying to be withdrawn to a trusted wallet, as, as I said, like multisig or auto contract. Um, and then there are other steps to decentralize the control and kind of separate the community and the dev such that uh, devs don't have to be trusted in order to uh, trust the protocol. And that happens by kind of layering out this um, connection such that multisig owns all the controls. The devs actually do all the work and deploy, but transfer the privileges to the multisig and the community votes on certain proposals and the multisig um, supports the, the community's votes. And in that, in that given setup, the community doesn't really have to trust any devs. The community only has to trust itself, assuming the multisig is representative of the community. So those are kind of the big steps, broad uh, uh, path forward I see. And really like achieving that will be a long-term process, but I totally believe that it, this could be done if the community is really engaged. And as far as I know, it looks like from browsing the Discord, the new multisig has been selected and some funds have been transferred to them, but what what is the exact status of what, what they can do? Like, can they mint, can the SGT, is that secure under the multi-sig now? 
can they mint new VETH2? Is that uh, secure under the multi-stake now? Or like what, what is the exact powers that the multi-stake has now? Sure. Um, so multi-stake actually won't be able to create new VETH2. Just how the shared stake team runs their own minting and depositing kind of a UI setup. Um, but at least it will stop from the devs to writing a malicious contract and thus creating a vector to infinite minting VF2. So as of as of today, um, SGT as a token itself is secure, except SGT that uh, Kairos is holding. And um, the VF2 contract should be transferred to the multisig by uh, next week, I believe. But we'll we'll see what happens to that. Got it. And I, I've heard this the the situation of the ETH, right? Like obviously that's the kind of big pot of money that we need to figure out. And I've, someone on a Discord referred to it as Schrodinger's rug. It's like there's there are these keys or passwords to the ETH two that were created when that was deployed several months ago, and there's confusion as to who exactly has those passwords, right? And if if someone wrote down those keys uh, a long time ago, or if they were shared improperly, there's nothing right now to guarantee that in a year's time they would wouldn't be compromised unless there's this change in the actual way that the ETH2 system works, right? Like that's something that the whole Ethereum team has to make this new feature in order to change the key, you know, be able to, to transfer this ETH2 to a new owner, basically. Is that right? Right, right. The staking keys that will be used to trigger the withdrawal in the future can be shared, but cannot be changed. Uh, and that's as, as of today. Um, and I believe that ETH2 team, they're looking into some solutions, such as maybe changing the keys or maybe changing the withdrawal address, such that even if, say, a Chimera triggers withdrawal, hopefully we can change the withdrawal address before that. Um, to be a multi-sig address. So even if he triggers um, the, the withdrawal without the community's approval, it'll just be safely land on the multi-sig and we can safely redistribute the original uh, 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 or the holders of VETH2 at the time. Okay. Uh, Poopster, what about you? I think, you've, uh, I think you're more active in the immediate days, but do you have any thoughts about how the community and team are progressing towards this new set up like how how optimistic are you that that this is going to work out at this point and i should say we're about what five or five or six days after the initial rug recording this yeah just see i mean seeing where we've where we've come from to where we're at now it's it's uh, a huge difference and like i said I, I, you can't give enough credit to um the community members that came together and making this happen because um, it, it really was a, a whole group effort uh, by, by quite a few people. And um, so, you know, I, it's not over, of course. You know, there's there's no telling how it could play out. Um, like I said, I've made my bets, and, and I think that um, I think they have a year or so, I guess, to figure it out, and um, I see it getting done. As far as how does the community move forward, you know, that's another question because – um, there's been some interesting things posted, like in the Discord um, recently. Um, I didn't know if you want to get into that about um, another team possibly uh, assuming some risk and, and kind of taking over for SGT. So, like, what's the, the future of shared state? You know? Yeah, I've seen. I mean, I think 
obviously the elephant in the room is Lido. Uh, Crypto Kobe has, is the kind of uh, one of the people behind Lido, which is the the biggest uh, DeFi ETH2 staking. And I know people have kind of brought it up to him and he's been hopping in the Discord and, and uh, making some statements on Twitter, like he's looking at the problem. Um, but I, I don't know to what degree he is involved or thinking about getting getting involved um, or are there, there are other protocols. Do, do either of you have any uh, intel on that as of now? Well, like I said, I don't, and I'm not trying to throw uh weeb on the spot here but he mentioned that uh saddle had a liability here and so you know there's always a possibility there and and i'm not speaking to that i'm not throwing that rumor out there i'm just saying that uh you know there's there's tons of possibilities that, that any uh that any protocol with a strong backing theoretically should be able to come in and help out you know what i mean somebody somebody with a a, a public face behind it or a name or or uh and I think that eventually um, the token may be able to, or or some version of it may be able to recover. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a broader question. Uh, I mean, just to clarify, I don't think Saddle as a protocol is willing to take the liability and help out ShareSake as like a core like member of ShareSake. But um, as an individual, for me, uh, I'm I'm willing to help out as much as I can, um, as far as it's not like as far as it's not illegal right um and and i think that's kind of sent true for a lot of protocols as well like as you said uh a crypto kobe from lido um i don't think lido has given an official um official statement about this but i am sure that all the developers around different protocols are really willing to help this out um trying to resolve that 32 million dollars to be uh, safely get back to their users all right so i think we've covered everything that we know about the resolution so far there's uh on discord as i'm recording this there's talk that there's going to be an official postmortem by the team coming out so uh, maybe by the time this is up that will be out but um i think now it would be good to kind of move on to take a step back and think about lessons learned for several different categories of people so i'm really interested uh, first and foremost in the users right so as a DeFi user people like me who are not technical have a big challenge in um, having to look, take a look at one of these protocols, maybe go in the discord, maybe, you know, see some stuff on Twitter, see stuff that's more marketing material and have to kind of discount the technical risk that is, uh, is embodied in each of these, these protocols. So we've, I don't know how, as a developer, how do you think about, what users need to to be looking at? Are there any red flags? Are there any things that um that they should be positive about? What 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 can a user do to kind of assess the risk of, of a protocol like this? Yeah, I mean this is a really difficult question, and it applies to um, all the DeFi protocols that exist currently, and it really has to do with the fact that users are directly interacting with the contracts. There's no protection layer for uh, people who are not as technical. Um, if they say like make a typo or if they click a wrong button, um, there's really no way to get the funds back, right? Like there's no support channel they can go talk to. There's no uh, way to recover it. So um, I would say the best way for users to be to assess those kind of risks is to stay informed, uh, monitor um, the official channels of these protocols 
try to talk to developers that you know or that you maybe could ping to you know hey like there's this protocol and and, and what do you guys think um there, there are a couple services like rockdoc i believe on twitter they do a lot of extensive reviews of the farm contracts but as far as how the underlying risks um especially like how the given setup like are they using multisigs are, are they using unverified contracts um those ones is a little bit i think difficult for an average um DeFi user to kind of identify unfortunately yeah and the, the other point to think about i mean it shared stake had an audit that they passed right and then this this Correct. exploit was not caught it was caught later in a as part of a bug bounty so even audits are you know some level of security but but they're not the holy grail yeah that's right um i mean audits definitely do help um but it shouldn't be the only means to say like hey this protocol is 100 percent the other thing i mean I'll, I'll just speak to kind of my my thought process like like i said earlier i had a, a few eth um in this and was thinking about putting more um and then i started listening to a lot of uh, chris black podcasts and he you know if you're not familiar with him he's uh running a project called DeFi watch and his whole mission is to kind of expose uh the vulnerabilities in in DeFi projects where you know maybe ethereum as a as an ecosystem you know the the blockchain of ethereum is extremely secure but if you're a, a developer you can create any kind of backdoors to smart contracts that, that you deploy or um, you could say you have a multi-sig but that multi-sig could just be five different wallets that are all the same person or there there are all number of risks that can be um, can lead to, to rugs and hacks and all, all this sort of stuff in DeFi and even though Ethereum itself is, is extremely secure so one one thing that I was thinking of is you know there hadn't shared stake hadn't really uh, released any kind of verifiable claims as to who who is was there a multisig under the the original ETH or what was the the security layer on top of that right and that was kind of a a point that I was focusing on and said oh you know maybe I'm happy with my few ETH in here but you know I, I maybe look to somewhere else or maybe just just not stake at this point so I don't know. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, especially where the at, at points where DeFi touches other protocols or uh, things that are outside of DeFi, like what are the kind of points of, of risk to be looking at in that? Yeah, I, I, I personally think Chris is a little bit more on the stricter side of how the multisig are formed and what are the risks involved with it. But it is true that when you're trusting a multisig, it's essentially the same thing as trusting um, people, right? Not the code. Uh, so the the risk from there can't really be assessed just through by reading code. It, it just has to do with the reputation and uh, how willing the person would be to rug. Are they known? Are they anonymous? And those stuff has to be factored in when you're uh, trying to assess whether the multisig is secure. And um, as a new protocol, this is really hard to achieve since like first, if it's just all the uh, anon devs, how do you know, as you said, it, are they all the same people? Are they known figures? If you choose to do a community side multisig, how do you know if the community multisig is not just the same thing, you know, just anon users or maybe even the devs um, acting like they're a user, right? And really the only solution to this is to have a multisig from other protocols that are already established, 
but it's also like a chicken and egg problem here so at the end of the day you if you're if you're relying on multisigs you have to trust some people some humans so got it poopster let me let me ask you this so i know we were talking about our kind of trading uh strategies as we are looking at this situation and going in i think you know there are lessons learned for people who are looking for opportunities in times of crisis and and rug pulls and kind of when there's blood in the street when the shit hits the fan these can also be opportunities to kind of for, for alpha if you can kind of quickly get in there and size up and handicap what's going on so i don't know do you have any reflections on that what are some ways that uh that you look for alpha in times of, of, of chaos. Well, as terrible as it is to say, I mean, that's the thing is, is that uh, somebody's doing, somebody's profiting from it. So, um, you know, there's always profit to be made. Like I said, you know, a lot of the time it's, if you're involved in, in the rug pull, a lot of the time is just, it's just don't freak out, man. Don't freak out and sell everything immediately. Um, and, and, and um, a lot of the time, if you're sitting on the sidelines, it's it's uh, trying to catch that bottom. But um, you know, uh, it's it's fun to speculate and all. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, um, I think it's really the best part, or, or, or the best thing about like having a community here in, 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 in Discord and, and having so many friends and people that I know is that, um, like I said, I was alerted to this early by somebody who was, you know, happened to be up and, and saw it. And, and same thing with like we said. So, you know, I think that there's something to say for, um, you know, um, a lot of us put together like our private little uh, Discord groups or Telegram groups or whatever. So um, there's a lot of value in things like that and, and knowing people um, in the communities um, and, and being, you know, networking. So, um, there's always, I tell people all the time, man, there's alpha out there everywhere, and it's it's usually right in front of our face, and, and we're usually ignoring it, you know. The, the teams and, and, and the developers will, will put it right out there for us. Um, you just got to know, you got you to know who to pay attention to. But um, having a group of friends that, that, that can help you do that is, is, uh, has been um, a, an amazing tool for me. So um, that's that's my advice. Find a group of people and uh, and um, and share information. Yeah, just to add on top of that as well, I believe Mark Cuban actually addressed this sort of problem back when um, LCX incident happened with their uh, with their AL ETH, and this is like an ongoing problem with all the DeFi protocols, right? The users are decentralized, but the comm channels um, can't be decentralized. It has to be come from like a good source, and then if that is not achieved, then there is uh, information asymmetry which leads to, you know, the people who have more connections and networks to hear about the opportunities first. And um, this may be on our topic or a broader discussion, but I believe like that's probably going to continue on for until we kind of resolve what, how do you um, talk to your users at different time zones, um, different information, a background. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's also another challenge for DeFi. What about on the technical side of things? Like, I think a big element in this situation was uh, devs who maybe hadn't worked together very much or didn't didn't trust each other. Um, you know, a lot of times as a developer or you know working in these DeFi protocols, you're working with people that you've never met or are an avatar. So, what what on the on the 
dev side of things, we do. You, do you think any lessons are learnable from this uh, situation, either technical or kind of within within protocols? Yeah. Um, so if you're a developer who's getting contacted by different protocols to uh, try to hire you, I think my suggestion would be first try to talk to them and, and try to, uh, if can, uh, try to talk to them face to face over Zoom or or any other calls. And um, don't don't go for the protocols that are offering you the most shares and most money. Try to find people that you uh, would love to work with, right? You you genuinely have some kind of connection, and you genuinely believe that person can help you out, and you can help that person out. And of course, do extensive research on their background as well. Um, what kind of projects they've worked on before? Are they uh, were there any like malicious actions happened uh, in the protocols? Um, what kind of companies have worked at before? and talk to people who know them as well and try to get a sense of who you're working with really and uh, yeah uh, try to try to have that um, insight before you actually accept any offers and the last category i think that we should talk about are the sort of influencers so when it, when i first saw this uh, obviously r running through my mind was okay, I was making memes for these guys. I was helping uh, promote this. Am I responsible for this in some small way? And I was thinking about how did I first uh, get acquainted with ShareStake? And I'm thinking, you know, people like uh, Gabriel Haynes, Crypto Yield Info. There are a lot of these kind of Twitter uh, personalities in, in crypto that, that you hear about and see, you know, learn about new new projects from. And I know Gabriel posted a couple videos talking about you know what, what that feels like, um, and I really empathize with that. How how shitty that must feel when when there's a a rug and as someone on the outside, you're not really you know in the day to day. You have no way of, of verifying uh, a lot of this stuff, right? Like you're under the same uncertainty as a as a user or a dev or or, or anyone else, but. Um, I don't know how how do you think about that as someone who you know we're we're all on Twitter we're all posting about projects what is the the responsibility or the lesson learned from people who are communicating and, and telling other people about these projects is there anything uh, poopster that we can take away from this uh, yeah you know I don't know um, it's all this is you know this is still defined it's like man this stuff's gonna happen and. Um, that's just part of the risk that we're assuming. So, you know, it's, I, I understand like some people have felt responsible and, and like I've been in the situation before because I've, I've, um, I've, you know, told friends about, uh, farms that I've been, that, that I was in, they got rug pulled. So, um, I, I can definitely understand that. Like, it's a bad feeling, man. You hate to see anybody lose money. You really do. Um, you know, and this is, there, there's a lot of money at stake, man. And to, to some of these people, this is their, uh, a lot, you know, it could be their life savings. And so, um, people, I think that more people just need to understand the risks going in and assume more personal responsibility. You know, at the end of the day, it's not on, um, an influencer or a shill or anybody that tells you anything about you know it's it's on us to do our own research and and, uh, and I'm like I agree with Weeb you know that, that you really need to be informed about what's going on and you need to understand this stuff because um, 
people are taking advantage of people every single day and it's going to continue to happen and they're going to find new ways. Um, so, you know, you just got to try and stay on top of it. Uh, Weeb, any, any final thoughts on, uh, on the sort of ecosystem influencers, what, what people should be aware of before they ape into projects? Yeah, uh, to me, it's kind of really difficult to say the influence uh, should be held accountable for even things that reviewers or auditors didn't catch. And obviously, if you're you know listening to auditors and reviewers and you, you trust them, um, it's not like you have any ill intentions about that, right? So for me, it's, it's, it's really hard to say like, oh yeah, the influencer should be held accountable or like they should be held blamed for um, what, what had happened. But yeah, like as a user, um, even if there's a strong consensus about a project that it's safe, um, try to do your own research, try to stay skeptical about everything, um, try to stay open-minded and yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think back to, something that crypto yield info said, you know, his whole philosophy is to spread risk. You know, he's in a lot of these super aggressive farms, but he's in there with a, a fraction of his, you know, total bankroll, right. And in, in any kind of gambling situation, uh, with a, you know, high expected outcome or, or, you know, high, high variance, like you don't want to go in with your full stack on anything. Right. Like, I think that's, that's, that's a good lesson to be learned here. And, um, and I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 really a shitty situation, um, and it it really sucks to to hear the people in there who have lost large large amounts of money. But um, you know, I think there's there's also something uh, really cool about how DeFi works. How people who are just members of the community and people who are you know allies or in allied protocols can can kind of come in and and step in like you guys have to to try to to fix things and and try to recover. The most that is uh, recoverable. So, I would just say uh, to both of you, you know, thanks, uh, thanks for for doing what you did, and um, we, you know, look forward to to seeing seeing how this plays out. I will uh, definitely be be keeping an eye on it, and we'll post uh, in the show notes links to all of the of the the uh, resources that we talked about, the the PDFs by the by the devs and and the bug report and all that stuff. But uh, but finally, where where can people uh, if they want to follow you uh, learn uh, learn more about what you guys are up to? Poopster, is there a place uh, people can go to connect with you? Uh, anybody can find me on Twitter uh, at zero x yield farmer, or um, if you're in any of the discords with me, um, feel free to reach out, ping me, DM me at any time. I'm I'm always around. So um, yeah. If anybody wants to reach out, feel free. It's uh, Poopster. Poopster on Discord. Sorry. Yeah. Poopster. You can't miss him on Discord. And uh, and we, what's, <laughs> what's the best place for uh, people to connect with you? Uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, Twitter.com slash Weeb underscore Miggy. Um, I'm also in a bunch of different protocol discords. And I've definitely seen Poopster multiple times. Um, at this point, I don't really know where I saw him originally, but he's just, he's just in every Discord. <laughs> be everywhere. You got to be. Well, uh, Poopster, Weed McGee, gentlemen, thank you for your time today. And uh, let's all uh, wish the Shared Stake uh, folks best of luck. And hopefully uh, we'll have some good news uh, coming out of this soon. Yeah, great. I appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for having the time to discuss this today. Thanks, guys.